At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelican Podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. We wrap up another great week of player recaps as we are joined by Christian Clark, who covers the NBA and the Pelicans for the Tides, PickyUnol.com, The Advocate, as uh, we bring him back as he was with us last week. And uh, we, we're here to be a part of the Billy Hernan Gomez fan club. It's right now a party of one as Christian is the president, founder, owner, CEO, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but he was dying to come on and talk about his boy, Billy. And uh, we're certainly <laughs> glad to have him on as well. Hello, Christian. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm glad you guys thought of one of the foremost experts on the Hernan Gomai brothers uh, for this podcast. So I appreciate you thinking of me and keeping me in mind. Yeah, we're, 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 you're, you're the only you're the only person that's covered both brothers, I believe. Right. I, I Maybe we need to get our our team of fact checkers on that. But I believe that that's <laughs> the case. Christian. Yeah. Wancho for two seasons in Denver and now Billy in New Orleans. It's been a wild ride. Uh, I don't know. Little known fact. This is a little bit of a tangent, but. You guys know that uh, Wancho shot a Netflix movie with Adam Sandler that's about basketball, right? That should be coming out in the next year. No, is this? No. Are we being punked right now? <laughs> you're, you're not being punked. No. I swear. It's like Adam. I think I believe the the basic plot is Adam Sandler plays like a a scout or something who goes over to Europe and like you know discovers Wancho. Um, so I'm definitely gonna be on the lookout for that one. That looks like a a great bad Netflix movie. Will Billy be a cameo in that movie? Are we going to see both brothers in it? I, I don't, I don't think Billy is going to be in it from my understanding. Um, but you know, hopefully, you know, Wancho getting in with Adam Sandler, that can lead to lead to something for Billy. Well, as his agent, I would figure you know that by now, but I guess maybe <laughs> we'll just have to find out. Um, but it is, uh, you know, we talk about baseball. It was named that Molina when talking about the Molina brothers. And, and now we got, um, Christian here to talk about we'll talk about Billy today as that'll be our focus on the podcast and, and look as we wrap up these recaps next week um, when we talk about Billy uh, and what he means to this team uh, I think we can all uh, safe to say talk about how much he did mean to this team in the one year so far that he's been uh, with the Pelicans I feel like we'll start with his personality Christian just uh, Stan Van Gundy raved about it during the season and after season about his approach to the game no matter whether he was starting or third off the bench among centers or whatever, his approach stayed the same every day. And I feel like that was kind of refreshing to hear and see from Billy um, just based on what kind of person he is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, just the, the positivity and the, the energy he brings to the floor every single day is pretty special. And I think that was much needed during this this terrible year where we all just kind of had to keep slogging through um, with the pandemic going on. Um, I, I don't, I mean, no one should feel bad for NBA players, obviously. Uh, a lot of worse things happened to a lot more people out there, but I don't think this was an easy year for any of them. I mean, it was like on the road, these guys were just like holed up in their hotels. So I think anybody with that just positive energy, like that was, that was huge. And like just being, you know, 
being on like zooms with Billy and all that, like he's just kind of one of those guys who makes you uh, light up a little bit and, and feel a little bit better about the day. So I think that was much needed. How about you, Jim? When I, when I talked to Billy very early in the season, I remember this so, so vividly um, maybe 10 games into the season. I, I did an article about rebounding about how the team was such a good rebounding team. And he, at that point in the season, he hadn't played very much or hardly at all, but I wanted to talk to him just because he had a track record of that. And it was good to get his insight on like how impressed he was with Steven Adams and Zion. But I remember a couple times he kept saying, you know, when I get my chance to play, I'm going to do really well on the boards too. And I know my opportunity is coming. And it's one of those things where you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, this is great that this guy is so positive, but I mean, he's not going to get a chance to play. So that's, I mean, I'm being totally honest. I, I didn't think that he was really going to, and, and to that point in the season, it, it didn't look like he would be on the floor, but it's amazing how much that turned around in, in terms of how much he did actually get on the floor. And one other thing I was thinking about in terms of his personality during his exit interview on May 17th, the day after the regular season ended, he basically thanked all of the media and he said, you know, you guys are all part of my family. And one of the uh, PR people who will, uh, will re re remain nameless off camera said something to the effect of to the media, like, guys, when he's talking about family, he's not talking about you guys, which he <laughs> was, was, a, was a very funny line. And jokingly, he he said that. But I, I hey, thought, Billy, he, what the heck? These guys are all vultures. What are you doing? Man? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was very gracious of Billy to say that. And he just seems like such a such a warm, welcoming kind of guy. I love his perspective on everything. And uh, it'll be nice to be able to actually meet some of these people and talk to them in person when things go back to normal. But it was cool just interacting with him even through the limitations of the Zoom interviews this year. We are vultures too, by the way. I know. I wasn't going to say anything, but you're the ones that admitted it. So um, I, I knew that from the get-go. And so he was definitely lying when he was talking about being family. But I digress here. Uh, you know, you talk about his personality, and I feel like we talk about how much, you know, the media and the fans loved his personality and all that. But his teammates loved him as well. I mean, you could talk about Nikhil and the bonding that those two had. And, you know, when Billy had a walk-off interview, Nikhil was right next to him uh, on Valley Sports, you know, singing his praises and just being there next to him. Uh, we talked about it on the on the post-Pelicans uh, podcast wrap-up with the tight-knit group of the centers with Jackson A., Stephen Adams, and Billy Hernan Gomez. I feel like Christian Billy was a big part of that. And not only was he he liked by the media and how he, you know, handled the media with questionings, even if he wasn't playing, but his teammates as well. Just I feel like they all really got along with him from the get-go. And that's really important with team chemistry these days. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the the telling things in terms of just how well he got along with his teammates was the relationships that all three centers on the team seemed to have. Um, it's, you know, to me, it seemed like Steven Adams, Billy Hernan Gomez, and Jackson Hayes, they all got along really, really well, even though, you know, there are only so many minutes to go around and at points in the season, you know, Jackson and Billy are kind of competing for those backup minutes. I mean, they, they seem to get along really, really well. And even though, you know, they're in direct competition with each other, like, I don't think Billy could have been, you know, more encouraging to, to Jackson and, and, you know, obviously had a great relationship with Steven. Uh, he kind of joked that that was a guy that he wants to be when he grows up uh, a little bit. Um, so I think, you know, that just kind of speaks to, to who Billy is and, and those other guys too, is that like they could be competing for each other for these minutes. And like, that's going to kind of, I mean, you know, affect like future contracts potentially, but 
yet they're still able to be really, really close. I liked the quote that Billy said in his exit interview where he said, basically, or literally, he said, I try to be Stephen Adams Jr. So, I mean, how many guys would phrase it that way? I thought that was really funny, the way that he put it. But um, I think one of the uh, one of the missed opportunities that we had from this past season based on the logistics and the way everything was set up is it seemed it, it would have been fun to do some kind of whether it was a written article or a video feature on uh, kind of the United Nations of the Pelicans. Nikhil talked about how they had a group of guys um, in the first half of the season, especially while um, Nicola Melli and, and Will Magne were still here, where they kind of all got together and they discussed their various backgrounds of being from other places around the world. So that, that was a really fun uh, thing to hear about, but unfortunately it wasn't something that we could delve into as, as much as we would under normal circumstances where we're around the guys every day. Yeah. Give me Spanish food too, out of, out of all those <laughs> cuisines. Like I'm going with Spanish food every time. <laughs> I think all we're missing from Billy is if he talks about wanting to be like Steven Adams is just, he needs to get his face on some sandals and then he would definitely <laughs> be like, I mean, I'm sure Christian, you'd, you'd buy some Billy or Gomez sandals. You'd be the first one, sell them out. Oh man. I mean, if, yeah, if he wants to like partner on that deal or something like that, uh, I can't officially say that on this podcast, but can you guys let him know after the show that, you know, maybe <laughs> I am one. Yeah, we can broker a deal. Maybe your face on one of the sides of the flip flop, his face on the other, and you can get a Christian Clark, Billy or Gomez combo. Nobody wants to see my mug on a shoe. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I was, what about, what about Juan on one shoe and Billy on the other? Now, oh. now we might have a now we might have a business idea that can really take off. Some Hernan Gomez sandals. I'm I'm with that. I mean, uh, yeah, there should be Hernan Gomez merch. You know, not one or the other, but like both of them. You know, t-shirts, one of their faces on the front, one on the back. I'm I'm with that. I think we can run with that. We'll talk business strategy as soon as this thing is over. But let's th- still uh, continue to talk about Billy here. Let's talk about him on the court. We talk about how much of a pleasure he is off the court as far as interacting with him, but. You know, there were times this year that he didn't play. We discussed some DMP CDs, and there were times that he started. But when he did start, I'll start with you, Christian, and go back to the gym. He was very effective on the floor for the Pelicans. There was times that, for the most part, he was averaging close to, or if not, a double-double when he was able to get starters minutes. I mean, what did you see from him on the court that led to those productive numbers from him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – you know, we, we spent like the first 10, 15 minutes of this talking about his personality. And I, I don't want any of that to diminish the fact that I think he can play a little bit. Like the, he's not a, it's not like he's just like a rah-rah personality guy. Like he, I think he has some game. I mean, I think he moves really well for a guy his size, especially getting up and down the court. Um, I think, you know, he's got some pretty fluid post moves. I think he's got soft touch at the basket. I mean, I think just generally speaking, he's a pretty skilled offensive player I mean anytime you get him the ball and like that that eight foot radius of the basket like I think you got to feel pretty confident that like he could just float it up there with some pretty soft touch and it's got a good chance of going in or he can make you know one quick move and and get a shot off and that has a pretty good chance of going in too so I think a, a, a fairly skilled offensive guy which we saw at the end of the season he's very unique to me in the NBA. I mean, I think a lot of the backup bigs that you see who are kind of on the fringe of rotations are guys that are super athletic maybe, or their size is the really the main uh, positive attribute that they have, but he's kind of old school in the, in that way, in terms of that he has good hands and he's just really skilled. So I, I was super impressed by the way he played. Um, 
just the fact that I think it was the Sacramento game. He immediately in the beginning of February, when he finally got a chance to be in the rotation and play significant minutes from the jump, he was, he was really good. So um, I was just impressed by him. And this is a whole other conversation, but when I watch him play, sometimes I wonder about the discussion that we have sometimes in basketball about the way that they develop bigs overseas compared to the way that they develop them here. I mean, he just has kind of that, that classic, um, you know, skilled, I don't want to make a Kevin McHale comparison, but just kind of that feel for the game <laughs> that a big guy has in terms of just being able to score in the post. And it doesn't seem like we're generating those types of, of bigs that much in the NBA. I mean, most of the guys that come in are that are skilled are, are drifting out to the three point line and, and those kind of guys like, you know, Carl Anthony towns. So I, I just enjoyed watching him play. I mean, it was, he, he brings a, a different kind of um, skill set to the game that I, I really appreciated. When we talk about his game and talk about how he fits with this Pelicans team, look, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's a free agent this offseason. So it's going to be something that David Griffin's going to have to decide on what they will do with him. How can he still remain in the fold uh, as far as being someone that can contribute? You know, when you talk about being one of three centers on the on the squad, you have Stephen Adams that primarily got the starts. But then when Stephen was was out of lineup, Jackson Hayes was a guy that, that really took over. And you saw his development, but – what can Billy add to this team if he is, um, you know, kept with the team next season? What are some of the stuff that he can bring value with and still be able to keep him? Because it seems like he fits everything as far as being that guy that can be productive when he gets on the court, but also someone that can interact and really bond with this team off the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, everything I've heard um, privately, and I think Griff has even said publicly that, hey, we'd really like to bring this guy back. I mean, he was on uh, a minimum deal last season. You know, he's going to go and play for Spain at the the Olympics this summer. And, you know, I think then the Pelicans and, and him and his camp will probably sit down and, and talk about, you know, what does the future look like here? But, um, I mean, I, I personally think it's a guy, you know, who makes sense to bring back. I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, it's going to be I, this big monstrous deal. Like, I think – you know, he's gettable on a, on a pretty reasonable deal. And, you know, we've just seen that he is going to, anytime his number is called, he's going to step in the lineup and, and produce the best of his ability. Like it's not going to affect him and he's not going to like whine and pout if, you know, he is out of the rotation for like 10 games in a row. And I mean, I think if you get those guys on, on cheap deals, then, I mean, I, that's a guy I'd love to have back. It's funny. If you think about the, this past season, if the Pelicans hadn't, signed him if they didn't have someone in that position what would have happened to center because you know as we know Stephen Adams was hurt at the end of the year so he was able to play a lot of minutes and earlier in the year when Jackson Hayes was struggling and was moved out of the rotation Billy was able to jump into that role so I mean I, I don't really even want to think about how they would have you you know doled out those minutes someone would have had to play center who's not not really a five and it would have been a challenge. So I think they were, the Pelicans were a lot more competitive in some of the games than they would have otherwise been if they didn't have him on the roster. So to me, that's where I see him. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in the off season, obviously. Um, but we also don't know when next season, this, this past year was a great example. I mean, guys get injured, guys go into slumps. It's always better to have more options than less at, at every single position. So that was uh, that ended up being to me a great signing that they got him, you know, last November or December, and were able to plug him into the lineup when they needed him a lot. 
Jim, before I let you go, and then I'll end with Christian here, um, talking about, you know, we, with, with everyone, we talk about what needs to be worked on with it or what needs to improve on in order to get better in this league. And, and for some, it's been whether it's getting in shape or, you know, building more weight on them. Some it's on the court things defensively or offensively. When it comes to Billy, um, as we wrap things up, what are some of the things that maybe he might be trying to work on or things that he can improve on as, as he enters Nick, as he enters this offseason as a free agent? Jim, I'll yeah. start with you. I think probably defensively is probably the main area, you know, that he's going to keep working on. Um, I think offensively, you know, he, he's at the point where he's kind of the, the player that he's going to be as far as, you know, his scoring around the basket and his rebounding. So um, I'd say defensively, I'm not sure if, if um, what, what specifically he can do to get better in that area, but I'd say that's probably the, the area that he would target. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you, Jim. I mean, he's not offensively, he's not the most explosive, like vertical leaper. Uh, yeah. There's probably not much you could do about that. You know, he's a guy who's going to have to rely more on like skill around the basket to score than just like, you know, I'm going to jump over you basically. And that's fine. Um, you know, I think defensively, like lateral quickness is, is probably the thing I would look at the most. Like, are you comfortable, you know, getting out on the pick and roll when, when, you know, the Pelicans decide they need to be a little bit more aggressive in their pick and roll coverage. I mean, we saw, you know, just everybody on the team really struggled when they tried to, to push the big out on the pick and roll early in the season. Things got better defensively when they had the big just kind of drop and wait in the paint. So that would be the big thing for me is just getting a little more comfortable defending in pick and roll situations. All right, well, we'll see how it all plays out for Billy uh, this offseason and the rest of the Pelicans as far as what will happen with this team Come 21-22, that's Christian Clark. You can follow him on Twitter at cclark3000, Pelicans beat writer at Nola News on Twitter, but covers the team for nola.com, Times Picking Union Advocate, does great work for them. And we look forward to Christian Clark's articles throughout the offseason as well. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I know uh, the Billy Hernan Gomez Club is in safe hands with you at the helm, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon down the road. Hey, appreciate it, guys. I'll uh, make sure I give updates on this uh you know, this this looming Adam Sandler, Juancho Hernan Gomez movie coming out. Maybe we can have a watch party. I feel like we can all Ooh. get together and, and watch it together and, and see how that goes. I'll, I'll bring the popcorn. All right. There we Help go. Me in. Absolutely. Three more of these to go next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Kyra Lewis Jr. on Monday, Najee Marshall on Tuesday. And we'll wrap things up with James Johnson on Wednesday. Then Jim and I will take a little bit of a break and be back with you for the draft lottery. And then later on in July the NBA draft. We'll get to more of that next week. Hope you all have a great weekend. And until Monday, for Jim and Christian, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.